Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. You know who I am, right? I'm the self-proclaimed psychotherapist that asks too many questions. I just use it as an excuse to bug people. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn, the greatest station in the world, okay, in the entire in the entire universe, entire universe, including the ones that are out there near Mars. So, um, anyway, um, do you know? Okay, first of all, do you know that Radio Free Brooklyn uh, is a free and open platform, and because it's free. We really need donations. Um, This is, you know, free speech right now, folks, is very, very important. And we are doing, we are a very positive influence on society. We we need to be heard. And uh, instead of giving your money away to like, you, you, you buy too much crap, okay? I know you do. Just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and give us some money. And you know what? It's a tax deductible. Donation, and you've got to spend some money before the end of the year. I know you do. You do. Okay. So uh, anyway, um, I am very, very, very excited about my guest today. There she is. There she is looking at me. Um, Beth Campbell. So I want to. Um, I want to tell you about her. She is one of my favorite artists ever. And I, uh, you know how, you know, you know how like you, you, you go like you see somebody's work. I mean, for me, it's art or comedy, stuff like that. But like, you know, maybe you're a musician and you see somebody, you hear somebody and you're like, wow, that thing is great. So never heard anything like that. And then, then you actually get to know the person a little bit. So that's what happened with Beth. I mean, when I first saw her work, it was at the Greater New York show. I think that was 2000. And um, she does, she's still doing or working on these like really uh, interesting drawings called um, My Potential Future Based on Present Circumstances. And they were text drawings and they start out with something small and then they, they kind of like, um, turn into this web of what could possibly happen and then they wind up in like all sorts of weird different endings. Uh, I'm going to explain this one to you because I have it here written. Campbell's investigations are personal revealing and often laugh out loud funny. I mean, that's the thing. Beth has a great sense of humor, guys. A line that begins with dating Peter makes its way to assorted conclusions, including move into the hills and become a nun, become a nun. Uh, which she didn't. How, that, so that was from, what year was that from, Beth? The very first, my like slang two, is potential future, <laughs> just instead of saying the whole title. But the very first one was in the fall of 99. Right, right, right. So Late summer. Not yeah, a, late summer. So you definitely didn't turn into an, a nun. No. <laughs> well, you did wind up marrying Peter, right? Yes. <laughs> which is <Yeah>. pretty interesting. <laughs> So anyway, I want Beth to explain the work because it's way too much for me. But I just want to tell you a little bit more about it in her background. So anyway, uh, you know how I like to read credits, folks, right? Uh, the Museum of Modern Art. Like, this is where her work is, okay? Collections, Museum of Modern Art, uh, 
NYU, uh, New Museum, the Whitney. She's had solo shows uh, in in all those. She's had solo shows at like the Whitney. Uh, she got a Guggenheim Fellowship, Skowhegan. That's a big deal. She had a residency at Kohler, where you know that like major fancy company that makes sinks. She had an artist residency there, but. Um, so Beth's work is conceptual. Am I all over the place? Am I all over the place on this? I, I haven't done this in two weeks. I was on a trip. I was on a trip to Kiev. I went to, I went to Ukraine. That's right. Yeah. Um, we can't forget about Ukraine. Okay. So, um, I got to focus here. Um, the thing about Beth's work is that it's conceptual art and it is so, the range of her um, ability to conceptualize and her ability to actually craft and make things is so broad, like the level of thinking and also the level of thinking, the level of personal inquiry, the level of um, universal truths, I'm going to say, and then on top of that, the ability to make a simple, simple drawing, text drawing, and also the ability to craft a big architectural kind of set is just, uh, there's, I don't know anyone. Uh, I mean, I know, okay, there are people that run art artist factories that hire all sorts of people to do that, but they are not capable on their own as our friend Beth is, I'm going to say that. And um, here's a question that some that a curator asked Beth that I'm going to say helps um, sum up her skills to some degree. So this is from, uh, I don't know, from the Whitney, the, the curator at the Whitney. I don't have the name in here. Uh, it seems to me that the work that you do, you would need to have a good sense of industrial design, architectural planning, design, and math. Is that something that came naturally to you or something you had to develop because that was the kind of work that you wanted to make? Um, and here's some rest, and here's another question from another curator, Sarah Marquette. Your work seems to consistently deal with issues surrounding perception, both visual and conceptual, verging on the psychological. So do you see what I'm saying? It's confounding to try to explain to you people what her work is. So I'm going to, Beth, take it, help us out here. Help <laughs> us out. Can you, can you elaborate on what I said? Did that make sense to you? Go, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it definitely makes sense to me, but <laughs> I mean, it, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've found that it is harder to explain what I do because it keeps branching out in different directions. But uh, let's say in terms of the like one core thought is like I feel like the work is trying to undermine or pull the rug out from this kind of consistent and sense of a solid self, maybe. And it's like we, I don't know, I'm really interested in making, because I think it is very weird. I'm going to say something super simple, but it's very weird 
to be a human <laughs> to be alive and all uh-huh. that. I mean it's it's just otherworldly and all that um and so, so it should make work that kind of brings that out a little more so you find the actual phenomenon of being a human being and like that being alive is weird it's of a course. it's a freak show because it's such a weird accident is that kind of yeah, what, I mean, what, it, what do you, where does that thinking come from? I don't know. I mean, being a human, I guess, but I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I haven't had this kind of conversation in a while, but like, I think some people in have been surprised that I haven't done as many drugs or whatever. It's like, you know, those are, that's a way, an avenue into like seeing things in a very weird way. But it's like, um, whether it's just like how I grew up or you have a you certain know. amount of um, uh, awareness like you have a heightened uh, kind of naturally it seems like you have a heightened sense of awareness I've enjoyed that yeah maybe yeah because like it is if you stop and think about it it is like a freak show that like like we can't find life on any other planet and like how how we've all like what's going on is really weird but we don't think about that most often but it seems really kind of front of mind to you is that right yeah so how did you get that <laughs> way um have you always been that way did you have an incident i think Probably part of it is that I'm from a small town where there wasn't much to do. Uh-huh. And so I had a childhood of like wandering around. It's like all the lingo they have now about being bored helps for creative and all creativity and all that. And I, I spent a, a, a lot of time wandering around, <laughs> you know, and like imagining, like say if we were driving somewhere on the highway and looking at the other houses and imagining what those lives were like and all that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, uh, the I'm from a very small town. There's smaller ones, but it was like 4,200 people. Uh-huh. 4,200 people? Yeah. And it was a very flat environment. <laughs> it's like very flat Illinois. So you're from, you're from the Midwest, obviously, Illinois. Yes. And was it like a farming town? Or? Yes. Yes. So did you grow up on a farm then? I did not. My dad worked for the railroad, but I had friends that were farmers, and they had the best slumber parties. Oh, I bet. <laughs> So let's say, how far away were your neighbors? Well, because I was in town, so it was just like, oh, you know, little footprints of yards, you know. But in the town, if you stood in the middle of the town, you could see the edges of the town. How how many kids in your high school class? In my class, I think, I forget exactly, but it's like somewhere from like 60 to 80, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And you d- you knew everybody you grew up with? Yeah. And if somebody like dyed their hair a new color, the whole town would know? Yeah, that wasn't happening at the time. It was more the perm. <laughs> the perm, perm time. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or like, uh, was there gossip? Oh, yeah. So, pe- so people like knew what that... It was heavy. <laughs> like what? Um... Oh, I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh, come on. You want me to gossip again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're no name. We don't know these people. We're talking like, come on, it's a long time ago, but like, would it be affairs or. Yeah, like. I mean, wedlock I think, pregnancies, what kind of stuff? We, I mean, we, I think it's like without going down this road too much, unfortunately, it's like, you know, teenage teenagers would do things, but the girl would get 
gossip. Oh, about. you know what okay. I mean? That kind oh, of thing. hoes. We had yeah. hoes, sluts. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, did you grow up with brothers and sisters? Yes. I'm the youngest of seven. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> that doesn't sound boring at all. Right. Well, I'm, I'm seven years younger than the next oldest, also. So, I kind of had a very different kind of on your own existence were they all were they all close in age yes the that crew of six yes and then you were the youngest so what was that experience like like were you ignored did you um my mom had started working before i was born because she didn't work when all six of them were together Mm -hmm. Uh, and so then when i was born she went back to work so everybody had to take care of me. So I was like passed oh. around. And how potato. did that feel? What was that like? Did you feel like this is fun, this is special? Or did you feel like, oh, you know, like I'm, they're all doing their thing? And what was it like? Well, it, I guess this is a psychoanalysis show. <laughs> it felt kind sort of, of like you're <laughs> like, you weren't welcome. <laughs> exactly. You weren't welcome. Yeah. Wow, that's Kinda. interesting. Like you were a pain in the ass that they yeah, had to take care. Yeah, because you're the little kid, and they're teenagers, and it's like, why do I have to? Ooh, you know. did so you were aware of that? Um, I think it's that thing where at the time you're just there, and then when you're older, you're like, oh yeah, that's what that feeling is. Oh. yeah. Wow. So, um, hmm, hmm, that's interesting. So. Did you have a lot of friends growing up? I think so. I mean, it's a small town again, so you would get, like, initially it was, like, the neighborhood kids. And that, that was kind of its own fun freedom of, like, running around right. the block and all that. And right. Then, that sounds healthy. Yeah. I mean, that, I definitely had, you know, commuted around on my bike a bunch, and there was that kind of, like, get home before dark. Uh-huh. But of course, as a child too, I was like kind of provocative because like if I was late, I was like, well, how was I supposed to know when it's going to get oh. dark? Like, how am I going to be home before it's dark if I don't know when it's dark? If it's <laughs> oh, so, so you were a little bit of a pain in the butt? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Did you, did you, uh, did you, did you stand out in your family? Like, were you more, you know, did you make yourself known or were you more with all those kids? I can't imagine. Right. Well, it's interesting. I mean, at the time, of course, I wasn't too terribly aware. You know, when you're younger, you're just kind of in it. Yeah. Although my next older sibling, he was a photojournalist for a, a while and I really looked up to him and he was responsible for me, for my mom buying me a Pentax camera in high school. Oh, so wow. that was kind of a good influence. Um, but I, about five years ago, uh, my, when about when my mom was about to pass away, my her sister and my aunt, we were in the hospital, and she ended up saying to me like, "You were always different," and I felt like that was the nicest thing my family had ever said to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why know? was that a nice thing to well, you? Well, I mean, it, it, it was, was kind of a validating, a, yeah, recognition. Which, so you feel yeah. like you were a little. What do you, What do you think she meant, though? Um, I mean, of course, I'm going to read into it. Yeah, my right, feelings. Right, that's this is why you're here. This but is just like a different pace, like a different desire. I guess mm-hmm. were they creative? 
Well, my parents kept busy with crafty things. My dad did a lot of paint by numbers, oh. which is very interesting because, <laughs> like, he was uh, kind of uh, a weathered, grumpy guy, <laughs> I guess you could say. But he sat and did paint by numbers all the time. And again, now we're looking like with now the conversations of flow and all that, I was like, oh, it was like self meditate meditating you know in a way right. yeah so that was like occupational therapy yeah right totally. and then my mom was very crafty she did a lot of crocheting and but like you weren't you kind of came to the uh in, your interest in art on your own i think then right yes. it wasn't like something that somebody brought to you no like i i probably i mean to go back to not sure if this counts but like did 4-H early on, like mm-hmm. fourth grade or something like that. And that was like in that crafty tradition, <laughs> you know. But I did have an in- incredibly good art teacher in high school mm-hmm. for such a small town. And that's where things really got in motion. Where by the, the, my senior year, I was doing like AP. And half of the day, I was just doing my own work and, you know, just generating it. So, so you had sort of somebody that you... You had somebody, you had a chance to have it cultivated. Yeah. And what did you initially, what were you initially drawn to? Like, was it painting or drawing or was, what was it? It's funny. I was probably similar where I did all kinds of. All different mediums. (laughs) I mean, that's what was wonderful about this teacher that we, like in high school, we were throwing on the wheel. We had a raku ceremony. We were doing relief prints, etching, silk screens, like. Uh, I can't think of. I mean, I was doing. I had done. A, oh, I can't think of this artist's name. This is terrible. No, it's because you're on the air and you have pressure. Yeah, <laughs> but I did a pastiche of this particular artist that uh, he ended up making these really elaborate frames that had all kinds of imagery uh-huh. depicted in it. So I uh-huh. did that in plaster. Like wow! Plaster, wow! You know. Did you stand out in art class? Well, a little. I have to say that my senior year, there were four young women that we were quite competitive in a way. Yeah. And one of which um, is a friend I visit all the time who's now, she's been the grade school art teacher oh. in my hometown, oh. which I, I commend. I think it's amazing. Totally. You know, like we were, yeah. you know, friends, but competitive uh-huh. friends. And uh-huh. we've continued a career in art. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's very that's very awesome. So you seem like a real perfectionist to me. <laughs> do do you see your? Is that true? I think yeah. Like kind of a little bit, like extremely so. Maybe I'm not sure, but you yeah. tell me. Yeah, that makes like sense. a perfectionist. Perfectionist. Yeah. Um, I don't live that way. Like you don't. Well, it's funny in the work. In yeah. the work, for sure, but like, um, like, guys, like if you, ca- you know, if you casually met Beth, right, you wouldn't look at her and go like, "Oh my God, what an uptight perfectionist." But if you see the work, and also even the way that you prepared for this, you listen. <laughs> she, do you know that Beth actually listened to other shows? I would several other shows. I don't take that for granted. So, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, what? Is, where? Where? Where is that? Perf- I mean, perfectionist. And it, it seems like you have perfectionism in a way that you can't even grasp that you're perfectionist because you don't ever 
and uh, this is a guess, you tell me, but you don't ever think that you're perfect and though whatever that you're trying to make perfect is perfect enough. Right. Is that true on it? Like, where, where is this perfectionist? Right. I mean, you use it well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would be, what stands out in my mind as you're talking about that is the first example of this was the, a piece that I'm not even sure if you saw, but I did it in graduate school and it was a piece that's called everything I own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll describe the piece and then I'll describe yeah. what's good about, it. but it, I literally took everything I own that was in the town <laughs> minus my vehicle and, and made a Canyon out of it in my studio in graduate school. But I had an outfit on too. So it wasn't a naked piece. I would say, okay. <laughs> it wasn't a, a nude performance piece. But I had a friend help me, who, who was one of my roommates, was helping me move my dressers and stuff uh-huh. into the studio. Uh-huh. And he had pointed out, like, why do you have to take it this far? Or why can't you just lie? And it was interesting. He was just frustrated <laughs> that he was not having helping me move when there was no, you know, it was for the... Yeah, right. Piece. Just for art? Just but for- there was... I don't know. There was something about setting... Like setting up that parameters or the parameter, then in it you can be free. Right. You know, so it's like, yeah, there's like a, an the, equation, and then within it you can be free. So then, say when it was an early piece with Roebling Hall where there were two identical rooms. Yes, which I is remember that. that. Yes, but, I have followed, I've seen all the work pretty much. <laughs> I've followed the career. I saw. You know, when you had, um, I forget which piece it was like the, 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 uh, the, um, it was like the dining room table, yeah. the tables that, um, I, I remember like going there and seeing it and like there was Roberta Smith hanging out. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. So, um, yeah, so there was, so you mean the other person, your friend couldn't understand your level of like, dedication to moving everything in there or well then the i guess that's where the work is for me too because then it's not you know it's like it's you you follow through with it right you know (laughs) right and that's where it's i guess it's a job for me or it's like i just you know it's i set up a parameter i fulfilled it there's a certain amount of discipline and there was there was a for me it was kind of fun actually I know there was something really liberating and silly about it too that was enjoyable to take everything and move it into your studio. <laughs> it is pretty silly. Yeah. So so I guess what I'm wondering about is is the self is the perfectionism um coming from a sense of like self criticism. Or is it more like putting putting a, a structure around so you is there a sense where you really want to be free and relaxed so you're making something that's strict so you could I don't know. Maybe none of that makes right. any sense. I mean, like I was saying, like do you feel like setting up the structure then you're free in, in it and it's, so it's like more you can know you know what you need to do. Right. Because like I feel like in between projects when I don't know what I need to do, that's where it's like hard. Right, right. When you know it, you need to do. Because <laughs> your projects are always conceptual, so they can right. be different. The ideas are the yeah. same. And how to come to that. Yeah, yeah. 
But I think I enjoy. There's, I think I enjoy it. Enjoy the what you're calling perfectionism. Yeah, like I guess I'm projecting. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I guess what I'm wondering is if it comes from. I think a lot of perfectionism comes from a feeling of not being good enough. Hmm. But you, for you, I don't. I mean, it's which it probably does when I feel perfection. <laughs> I'm projecting, folks. <laughs> I have no training. <laughs> Um, but for you, you get a lot of satisfaction out of making things perfect, but in a weird way because, right. so I'm just wondering like where that comes from that like, there's like a, pu- it sounds like there's a push pull from like perfectionist and freedom for you or something. Yeah. Is that what it is? It seems like it. Yeah. Do you understand where that comes from? I don't know. <laughs> like, do you think it's just innate? I mean, a. Uh- it's like, do you, it's like, I feel like I've talked some about my childhood. I was raised Catholic. I feel like there's something in that too, because you're like self-monitoring, mm-hmm. you know. It's, yeah, I find of, it so weird that you would have little kids do confessions. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Get into that. But so, I, I loved it do you, <laughs> at the you time. You did? Yeah. I mean, I stopped. I kind of walked away from the church in sixth grade or whatever. But like, so, as a um, little kid, I really like Does, that. um, does, um. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that actually because um um seven kids that yeah, indicates that there means. was no birth control. Right. And there was also um it also were like so the role of the Catholic Church in your life, what was that? When I was young, I really enjoyed it like when i say young like or elementary school it just felt like uh maybe it maybe it's interesting maybe it was some sort of kind of parameter or something like something i enjoyed the rituals of it i i don't because i think i spent like when i'm talking about spending a lot of time alone or being like shifted around so that you, was something you went to church every week is mm-hmm. that it and catechism and catechism whatever that yeah. is every week and then um, your parents were really religious, I'm guessing. Not really. <laughs> Can you explain that? Yeah. Uh, some things must remain secret, but please. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. So, but, 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 but it sounds, yeah, that's, so go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'll say one thing that my, my father's relationship to the church was very strange, where we would go 25 minutes early and sit in the back. And then he would leave five minutes early to not, and then we'd leave, like, we'd leave early. So it was like to, it was like church with no community. And I never understood it. I did end up learning why all this was happening. Oh. Which will remain a secret. <laughs> but sure. uh, uh, as a young kid, you're like, this doesn't make any sense that we're not, like, performing this like other people are. So he would avoid contact with the, with the, uh, would you call it pat parishioners? Yeah. Got the word right. So that was what you noticed, that it was weird that he was avoiding, and everybody else, like church is about community, a yeah. lot of it, and yeah, he so avoided we all it. of that. Yeah. Was that frustrating for you? Did you want to um, have some of that? Again, as a kid, it's just what you're doing. Right. You know? <laughs> but do you think like... But now looking back, it's like, that was really weird, <laughs> you know. And were your brothers and sisters involved in that? Was it... Were you all going as a as a as a team? I mean, that's the thing that 
uh, when I was aware of my time, of going to church, like a lot of them are older and doing other things. Right. So, cause I, but yeah, yeah I mean, there's a point where my next oldest brothers were there. Right. So it would be part of the family until they did, made their own decisions yeah. and then they didn't go. So what changed your mind about religion? Oh, see, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, this was a kid mental conversation, but it was, I, I look back and I'm, I feel good about <laughs> that, you know, myself at that age, but I just didn't get the God is, was, and ever shall be. God isn't, sorry. Like, and that was something that was said to me in catechism. It's really weird for me to talk about. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it's I mean, funny it's there, but it was kind of no, my first, but I, I think it was it, my first philosophical question, I think, because there was a statement that God is, was, and ever shall be. And I was like, that just doesn't make any sense. God is, was, and ever shall be, meaning that he he's like kind of throughout time yeah. from past to like infinity. And that blew your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm over. <laughs> so you just didn't believe that? No. And no. that, so you felt like there was like a scientific reason not to believe in that that it just the religious part didn't make sense because of the right. science. I think at the time I don't think it was science as much as just like that was hard to comprehend, mm-hmm. you know. So it made me question and, but that's a, looking back like that that moment of like wait this is really hard to comprehend. Uh, to actually really enter it, that's I think related to certain artworks and stuff. Not not that my I'm not saying at all that my work is about religion at all. No, but just no, that kind of like not taking something for granted and trying to enter it, like trying to feel it or think it. You mean you mean the way religion sets up um well some people call them myths and some people think they're real. Is that what mm-hmm. you're talking about? Yeah. So. And so you were skeptical or you Yeah. You became, you believed it, and then you became skeptical. Yeah, and then but you, say when I when I say I believed it, I was just a little kid, right? Know? Of course, like but. you believe cartoons are real. I didn't. <laughs> I did. Well, whatever, <laughs> <did>. maybe. <laughs> so, um, did you how? So, how did that affect you when you like? Was that like an aha moment kind of thing, or? I suppose. I suppose it's like. You know, maybe you could say it's the beginning of like your individual rethinking or something, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I think my high school art instructor came in also. Oh, granted, this happened in sixth grade. This, mm-hmm. But uh, he really, uh, it wasn't just about technique and all that. Like we studied mythology and philosophy and, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit in high school along mm-hmm. with the projects. Like when we did a raku tea ceremony, like he tried to share what the thinking was with that. So, mm-hmm. That was really uh, a great start, you know. Mm-hmm. So do you think your religious training opened you up to, like, philosophy and thinking about science and I'm all sure. that? Yeah. I mean, then in, when I was an undergrad, like, when I transitioned from high school to college, like, I was, I had a brother that went to college for, like, two years but dropped out. But I am the first in my family to get a four-year degree, and I have a the master's. first in your you're the yeah meaning the only one. I have a, my oldest sister has a nursing degree. So wow! But, and then the first. Uh, so you were really from a real. You were really different than your family. Yeah. 
but so when going to like figuring out how to go to college it wasn't like I kind of like floundered through it and didn't know exactly what to do and ended up not at the best <laughs> undergrad but you know you do what yeah. you can and uh but what was amazing about it because it was a liberal arts school and one of my favorite classes was uh it was called science and intellectual history mm. so that was really awesome. so so there's some in, you have some interest innate interest in science well in the development of thought you know like in in like societies cultures developing their myth myths into like the whole cultural development like how we start out in one thinking one thing and wind up thinking like oh yeah right it just rains because of the clouds and the moisture and all that well and even like i think i always enjoyed too to like really try to imagine what it what it felt like to, like, oh. not that I ever could, but, like, to be in those times where mm. the thinking was different. Like, what did it? Like, so if you, you know, believe in, um, you know, that, like, somebody puts fire on the earth, then, like, what else is true? Is it like right. that? Yeah, I mean, I don't really like to say the word truth. <laughs> but uh, Why? Why is that? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's like, uh, I think I end up talking about experience, you know, more. But and like in some of my installations, it's like what you think you're looking at isn't what, it, you know, it's like you think you're looking at something, but something else is happening. Right. And I like to right play with that undermining of experience, you know. Right. So like people think they're having like it's a, it's sort of like a mental trump loy sort of thing mm-hmm. in a way like you think it's hap- you think you're looking at something but right. you're not right <laughs> and yeah which is really hard by the way really hard to do guys visually it's hard to under it is a little hard to understand because it is hard to do so i i want you to go and look up beth campbell's work so you can understand what we're talking about guys okay <laughs> Do your own fucking research. Um, so, um, how did you like? You're from you're from such an unlikely background to be, you know, so prolific and well respected in the art world. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? I guess in so. <laughs> the sense that you're from a small town and you really developed your work very much. I mean, I know you had help, but you really, you were really motivated, not motivated, but curious or whatever. You know, you really made, you really wanted to, you were very self you are very self-motivated. So what happened? Like, how did you transition to like coming to New York and all that? Like, that must have been, was that weird? Were people weird? Like, yeah. Did you travel? Did you have a lot of experience outside your small town before you went to college? Not really, except for like I did go to art camp, which was <laughs> a big deal when I was in high school. It and it was at University of Illinois, and oh, so a okay. lot of the kids were from like Chicago. So that was a big shift. Right. Um, I definitely like right after you talked about like dying hair and stuff in the small town. Right. I talked about it, but like after I went to 
this art camp. It was between my sophomore and junior year in high school. After that, I wore I was goth and wore all black and oh, pierced, okay, started so piercing my like, ear up like so, like like open for like expanding myself, you know. Right, right. But I think also you know being a youngest of seven and coming from a small town and I also I worked at the truck stop in my hometown which I think was kind of a really big deal <laughs> it was like it's on right. highway 55 and I worked there all through high school does, does that mean you were like a waitress oh or? well freshman year I bust tables which was super gross yeah. and then I worked in the gas station sophomore through senior year so Pumping that you gas? had all kinds of people coming in wow I, I don't know I just like so so you saw a lot of human nature and did, yeah. did it were you, I mean, you seemed comfortable with people. Were you comfortable yeah. with people? I mean, you just got, did you get to talk to a lot of people? Yeah. I mean, I was in high school, so I might not have been having very lengthy conversations, right. but, but I like were... seeing a variety of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I yeah. really. Yeah. And you didn't have to, it's that. funny because your father limited your socializing and then all of a sudden <laughs> you were like, I can talk to all these people. That <laughs> yeah. must have been really and yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'm, there is definitely a story in there, but, um, we, we, anyway, so, um, so but I guess I was talking about how I got to New, New York yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, I guess we got way off that if it's okay to go back to that. But yeah, like, no, yeah. Um, so undergrad, I ended up making really bad paintings at the end. Like I was a painting major in undergrad and, uh, yeah, I was I wasn't in my work at all. Like, and uh, I almost didn't go into graduate school in art because I there wasn't anything really around me. This was in Missouri that made me made me see what a career in art could be. It just looked like you could have paintings in a coffee shop. Do you, do <laughs> so, you feel like you were limited? Like your ideas, like your ideas about art or making art, are very expansive. Do you feel like they were? like more limited because you didn't you weren't being taught that in school or you didn't see it around you. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. I I had a great deal of nerves in undergrad too, which in grad school when I entered I you were wor- nervous about worried about the work or you or all of it. <laughs> I mean, uh, was being from a small town did that um like I'm making a big deal about it, but was it a big deal? Like not having, you know what I mean? Like it just seems like like your work, like art is such an expansive, big place to be. And when you don't have the experience, there must. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if there was some kind of like culture shock at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think being in a small town, everyone's looking at each other. You know, you're in endless. It's like, a, you know, that Black Mirror TV show. It's like a Black Mirror because it's everyone's watching each You're at. Yeah, it's like long before you're being evaluated long before by social whole, media and all that. Yeah, you have you're no like, autonomy. Yeah, you're like always under a gaze. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so, so kind of like inhibiting. I think it was for me uh-huh. moving into undergrad. Right. You know. Right. So when did um when did you start feeling you know more autonomous? Right. Or like, I'll tell you. It's kind oh of funny. sorry. Go ahead. I <laughs> no. It's hear. it's like it's just a funny crazy story because like. Uh, I almost didn't go into art. I considered going into geology randomly, mm. and uh, you know, 
just kind of figured out most of those jobs were actually office jobs. I had some fantasy of like, you know, with the shovel out in the dirt (laughs) and all that. So that wasn't going to happen. But uh, so once I finally officially thought, okay, this is what I'm going to commit to. I ended up getting accepted into grad school, but I was still in Missouri. And I was like, I'm not going to spend this time the next six months waiting. And so I ended up going out to Boulder, Colorado and like stayed with people I knew from undergrad and just kind of like went wild. <laughs> like, really? Like, That's so And cool. just like kind of went to the edge and back and I mean, had fun, <laughs> you know, and then I was just like, oh, it's like you dust yourself off and like, OK, now I'm ready. <laughs> oh, you mean you you got to like you got to experience all the freedom that you could experience? Handle, yeah. And then you <laughs> and were then like, okay, like, now I know what this is like. Well, then that's like then I was then I knew like I want to focus on this on art, right? And so yeah, so when I entered grad school, I had just a total different kind of confidence and a focus than. Wow, you got to, yeah. that's very mature, Jesus. You got through that whole, like, experimental <laughs> period in, like, what, a year or less? Well, I mean, a lot of things that happened prior to that. But, yeah, we were just, like, kind of untethered. and Wow. You know. So then when you got to graduate school, you were able to really, so you, that's what happened. Yeah. Wow. And um, I was going to say, you know, I want to make sure that um, there were, um, that we get to, we have, we only have like 15 minutes left. Can you believe how fast this yeah. is going? But I want to make sure, um, we, we had talked, um, about like, um, yeah, about like coming to New York. I was thinking about that and your relationship with the art world. And, um, I had said to you before, when we were chatting outside this, uh, you know, before the show started, guys, I was saying that, um, to Beth that like, for somebody as prolific and, you know, well-respected and talented and all that shit, um, her presence in doing research on her, her presence was not as robust on the internets as uh, it could be. Or if somebody was like a lot of artists, most artists who are a lot, would be taking advantage of all the, um, opportunities and accolades and all the stuff and they would be blowing all that out in self-promotion and Beth doesn't seem motivated by self-promotion and uh, most artists are because they feel like they're ambitious in their careers Mm -hmm. and I know you're ambitious I mean there's no question. There's no question about your ambition or drive or any of that. But I'm just curious to know, like, what your relationship is to self promotion and the art world and stuff like that. Because uh, I I respect that you're focused on the work primarily, but it's not common, and I want to understand right. it. And yeah, the my first thought was like, even when I was younger too, was just like, cause some of those projects were just so big. It was just everything. You know, my attention was in the making, right? You know, figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and and I'm not opposed to self promotion. Now I'm trying. I'm trying to do a better job of it. But it's like my last Instagram post is still quite a. <laughs> we're we're like, not making. We're not evaluating. <laughs> yeah. We're not evaluating. I'm just. I think. I think. I think. You know. I um. 
I think you're, I personally think you're a good example because, you know, your, your, your energy goes into the work, not into the promotion. And nowadays we know how much promotion counts or can, it can be relentless. And, you know, you haven't, you're actually enjoying doing the work and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I just want to know, like, do you, is it just that you're just not interested in self promotion or do you no. know, do, what is it? What do I'm you interested. Think? I think that, um, I mean, historically or up until recently like to embody that person that you need should be to like put it out to the world like i then i get um a little insecure and then so the activity of doing it takes much longer than it should so you mean you're are you saying like you're shy about putting your work out there um like that you quit are you questioning what no, are i'm you, not shy about putting the work out in, there it's in, just like say you go to do a post or say in the past with a email or something or you know that i would uh you know set out to start writing that thing and then it would become very challenging because i would be insecure and did you is that a perfection is that perfectionism or i mean insecure? i wonder you're gonna we're gonna circle and make it it so do you do you what are you concerned about are you concerned about um like showing off or that you're not putting it out there correctly showing off and it's a weird thing i mean if i were to really think about it i mean let's say in the context of my work which is kind of like unraveling the self or something uh i think i would be better off if i made like if I did a, say a post and have three different voices in it, you know, cause it's like how to pare it down to this voice. That oh, because your work, <laughs> maybe your work has so many different levels to it. It's, it's like, you don't, it's hard for you to even channel it to one level. Yeah, I think so. Do you think that or we're uh, having one, one, one statement or one sentence represent you? The whole, Yeah. yeah. Do you think that um, does growing up in a small town and having all those people evaluating everybody else all the time, does that affect you at all? I'm sure, totally. Yeah? I mean, do you ever feel like all these people are thinking this or that? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's, that was what it was like for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting because when I first moved here, I was just amazed. I was like, wow, you could choose to be anything you wanted to be like there was just so much um and that you know definitely was in the work you know the first my potential future Uh, circumstances that was like new york's gift to me in a way oh that like there were all these options yeah 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 because so where i'm from it was pretty limited um in that town mm -hmm. like I mean, I'm jumping around a little but it's worth saying too when i finished undergrad my mom was ready to move me Mm -hmm. back Oh, she's yeah. looking at a box truck, and I was yeah. like, "What am I gonna go work? Go back to work at the truck stop? Like, I'm not. I mean, I guess you could say it was very sweet of her or something, but it wasn't like. Were you, are your parents like what were what was their take on you? Kind of like leaving the fold, so to speak. Did they not understand it? Were they approving, disapproving, or was it hard to like? You, I mean, you didn't just leave the family. You left the whole, the whole, like, the whole thing, the whole setup. The kitten caboodle, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think because I was the youngest, that was like part of it because I was the last right. child. But uh, I think it was an maybe it was they were because it was such an unknown what I was pursuing. And I wondered too if there was a, I don't know if I exactly want to say this. Maybe I'll say it, but I don't know or if I mean it. Like an intimidation ways. or something because it was just such a different pursuit like because it's not one thing like oh i went to another town and got a right. job but it's like i went and pursuing being an artist so, so do you think which was, is like a very hard thing to understand right most families um and then when when i moved to new york i think my mom uh just was terrified all the time too much tv <laughs> too much news and all yeah. that you know uh it made them uncomfortable but uh and, you know, I had other siblings that had other things happen or whatever. They moved somewhere and come back. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that when I first had, I mean, I ended up having things happen quite early on because I was in the greater New York. Like, I moved to New York oh, in 98. Yeah. Oh, was in yeah. the 2000 greater New York. And, right. Uh, and your your work was like the hit of that show. Absolutely. Thank you. Were you surprised by that? I mean, just because it was new, you were here, weren't here very long. Yeah, it was, was kind of wild. Was that a big deal? Yeah. It was. And looking back, I wish, I've mentioned a few times that I would have trouble with anxiety and stuff like that. And I wish I hadn't had as much as I did at mm-hmm. the time. I could have, have enjoyed it a little more. I should have asked you that earlier. It's none of your business, but yes. None of this is any of my of business. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was going to say when I ended up in that first show... And then there was tons of press and everything. And yep. then then my family was like, hey, look, she's an artist. And like some siblings reached out to me, which they never would have about my work or anything. And uh, one brother in particular, you know, he was like, yeah, we thought you were just going to be there for a year and come back. I was like, well, I'm so glad everybody had such faith in me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like the I was really doing a thing that. They didn't under. I mean, they, how could they? How could but, you they? know? Obviously, there's a lot of people here in New York doing a thing. You know. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. that 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 was really far away from their experience. Mm-hmm. Um. So we only have ten minutes, and I want to make sure we get to. Um. We want to. I want to talk. I want to hear you talk a little bit about like being a mom. So Beth has like. Um. You've been like you have. You seem from where I sit, like you have a really nice family. You've been married to the same person forever, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, and you, I mean, it seems like you've created a nice family life. Yeah. And uh, so how long have you been married and how old's your son? Um, married. Or with your husband, right. partner, whatever. <laughs> married in 2005. But uh, started dating, I guess I've, was it 98 or 99? But oh. the, but Peter was in the first drawing. In fact, it was like, because I started dating him, I had been, I moved to New York with a different guy, started dating Peter. Oh, you mo- oh. And I, I had, before I broke up with the first guy, this is, I feel like this is so silly because it's like <laughs> really personal. But <laughs> um, before I started, before I left the guy I moved to New York with, I said out loud, oh, I should do a drawing about my future. Which I thought, jokingly, is like one of the most like strongest breakup statements because <laughs> it's not like 
our future. It was like, I'm going to do a drawing about my future. Um, but it was like a life thing, you know, this kind of like, what am I doing? Um, a young person trying to imagine where they're going. Yeah. And I had done a few text-based works leading up to that, mm-hmm. where the early one was like called Web Drawing of Me, and it explored all the different roles that I thought myself was involved in. You know, it's like mm-hmm. different kinds of yourself. Where am I going with this? Oh. So you um, yeah. broke up with the first guy and yeah. started dating Peter. Yeah, and there was other things in that first drawing, too. Uh, you know, that I worked at I worked at Bark Frameworks and played pool. You know, there was other, yeah. like a list of very variety of things. Trying to imagine how things were going to go. Yeah. Right? Um, when you look back on that, how do you feel about what you were imagining and how your life is at this point? Because that was a while, that was in, would you say, 2000s a while right. ago? Um, you know, it's kind of hard to say. I think, you know, it's that, I think that having, I mean, <laughs> how do you say, like the maturity that you get as you get older, like shedding the anxiety, like, mm-hmm. uh, I think I have a, I feel like coming to a new kind of newfound freedom in my work, mm. I haven't fully, you know, it's opened up, but, you know, I'm still working through it you know mm-hmm. um of course there's realities of like you're in a very expensive city you are did you just have some more money right. you know <laughs> things like that but um i think that i like my head oh now versus excellent. when i was that younger person that's good yeah that's excellent so what's motherhood like like how how does that affect your work and how does that affect your thinking and everything right. I mean, I love it. I, I I learned early on, and I've said, shared with other people considering having a kid. It's like, you know, no one has to do whatever. But it for me, it's like 20% of the world opened up, mm-hmm. like, you know, in terms of new experiences and all that. I think it's been a really way of, a wonderful way of healing also. Healing like what? Like from, from childhood or past and things. Mm-hmm. Like, not stuff I got into too much, but like what it's like i found that like maybe what i didn't get from my family i can experience now as a mother mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is awesome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then i don't know like watching a human grow is just again <laughs> totally bizarre <laughs> totally bizarre yeah so uh-huh what yeah, does he like, have artistic tendencies or how does he how do you think his your art affects him? I think it's I I mean every once in a while I'll make a statement that he thinks it's pretty cool. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Get that approval. <laughs> Getting approval um, from a child, yeah. I think he's a very interesting problem solver. Like he's kind of more of a gen- engineering type, but uh-huh. he's really pays attention to how things are made likes to take things apart and stuff. So he's, you know, there's a certain kind of more yeah. material understanding yeah. Yeah. of the world. And he's actually really good with his hands, which is not anything that you necessarily, I don't think we taught him that. Right. But he has a... His skill. He's got a, yeah. whatever the, whatever they call that. Tactile. Coordination yeah. or whatever. He's talented at like making things. Yeah. As you and Peter are. Yeah. So that would make total sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just been around it. So. 
Yeah, and and he has it's genetic too, the skills and stuff like that. So he can re- kind of relate to what you're doing. Maybe mm-hmm. ask him advice. You know, <laughs> like uh-huh. you know his opinion on things. I guess I wouldn't say advice, but like I appreciate yeah, he, his opinion. He has smart things to say. Yeah, yeah. And um, how did you meet your husband? Oh, we met in. Dennis Oppenheim's kitchen. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I guess he initially saw me. I was at uh, an opening at Dennis Oppenheim's in Galapagos, at Galapagos in Williamsburg. Right. And that Peter was at and seen me there. But maybe we met a few months later. Yeah, I, uh, it's kind of <laughs> strange to throw this out. But like when I was in graduate school, Vito Acconci came as a guest artist and ended mm-hmm. up, uh, I was kind of like one of the few grad students that actually wanted to talk to him about art. Like it was just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> everyone was talking about it was whatever. Career? The, <laughs> no, they were just talking about like what he food did. and a dog. Oh, and like, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> like there was wow. a break in the conversation. I was like, could we please talk about art? Like Vito's wow. here. Like, anyway, but then my one of my instructors had to drive him somewhere. And then I kind of got, to know him and he was a little bit of a mentor uh mm. and, and sent me some books and things like I that but that. um because of that i ended up uh getting meeting dennis a little bit yeah yeah you know so then yeah so we met oh, wow yeah <laughs> so it was just like say an art of a party you met him at a party yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah and then you just started dating uh no it's a little more complicated <laughs> than <Is> that <laughs> Yeah, is, when, it, is it less than a minute complicated? Well, I'll, I'll make it that like because I had my first solo show in New York, which was the two identical rooms, that yes. house installation. Um, I that was my thesis show in graduate school, and so I was trying to describe what this work was, and to anyone, it was just like, "What do you like?" We weren't convinced, and so I kind of left him pounding my fist on the table saying like at least i make my art you know it's like i'm making a short story right and didn't talk for a while <laughs> we had an art argument ah he challenged you yeah it was at but, Robling, uh, Robling but, hall right uh well then Where that was, was the my show? first show with that which he ended up helping with that installation but um yeah like so you so you had an argument and yeah so you you guys you guys he knew that you weren't that you were you know con- you had conviction yeah and what i was saying was accurate accurate <laughs> and he had About the work so it started out i'd say that's pretty good because it sounds like there's a lot of mutual respect there yeah i guess so you know what i mean he 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 could take he 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 was going to take he had to he had to respect you. Yeah. You put that out there right away, <laughs> which is a great message for all, everyone, especially. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. 